Welcome to Meet the Podcaster at the Apple Store Soho, New York. Please give it up for our moderator from Sway in the Morning, Sway Calloway. Hey. One, two, one, two. How you guys doing? How everybody feeling tonight? Uh, well, it's, a, it's, um, it's not my first time doing one of these things at, um, with Apple, but um, I have to say I'm most excited about this one because I'm a big fan of the Red Light Special, and one of the reasons why is one of my best friends is the creator, a co-creator of Red Light Special, and um, in my opinion, he's the top journalist in the music business right now, especially in hip-hop culture, hands down. So if anybody tell you anything differently, they're lying to you. Uh, he has written for Source Magazine, Double XL Magazine, Vibe Magazine. He's currently my co-worker over at MTV News. He's a senior editor. Um, he's someone that I seek out advice from often. We do a lot of work, and a lot of times what we try to do is, you know, push culture forward and expand the boundaries of what we're used to. And a lot of times you need people to feed off of. Even though I've been in the business a long time, he's kind of like my testing board in a sense. And um, I watched him grow over the years and watched him build his brand. And uh, one of the most respected guys I know I'm going to bring him out to the stage, the one and only Rob Markman. Ladies and gentlemen, Rob Markman. Uh, love well, love well. Sit down. I don't know if y'all noticed the transformation in Rob. <laughs> I think it had a lot to do with this podcast, because if you're going to be talking about R&B, you got to be sexy. Yeah, yeah. And I think he's accomplished that. Give him a round of halfway, applause, man. Halfway. Dude is sexy. Halfway sexy. Uh, you want to introduce your co-host? Sure. Okay, well... It's on me now? Now that you put me to work? I thought I was doing the interview. Well, I got you. You sure? Yeah. Well, I, I just want to say this is a, a beautiful <laughs> young woman uh, who has a lot of in-depth knowledge about R&B. Uh, one of the things I like most about their podcast is her insight because I think a, a woman's opinion... In most cases, definitely when dealing with relationships is more valuable than a man's. <laughs> and she definitely adds that uh, to the podcast. I think it's a great balance between Rob and this next young lady who's also a model. Uh, she's an actress. Uh, she's also currently involved in uh, making short films. Um, and she's here with us today. Please give it up for Chris Lover, AKA Kristen Coral. All right. Thank Hold you. on, I gotta give you the hug too. Hold on. Good to see you. I like your hug better than Rob's. Uh, <laughs> Gee, thanks. I thought I was sexy. What happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, get out of here, Rob. Uh, R&B fans, show of hands. Wow. Okay, great. Uh, wow. wow, since the 70s? Me too, dog. What up, man? How many people could say since the 70s? R&B fans, yeah. Damn, it's like four of us. Yeah, Damn, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, man. You don't know nothing about R&B unless you know about Earth, Wind, and Fire, right? <laughs> no Commodores, huh? <laughs> Marvin Gaye, huh? <laughs> Lenny Williams? Uh-oh, oh, 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 oh. Do it, do it, Sway. Right? Uh, no, nah, stop, Rob. This is about you. Um, first and foremost, um, one of the things about podcasts that I, I really enjoy, I haven't worked in radio for 
two decades plus now. Um, is this an alternative uh, to what you, cuss, what you normally hear in radio, which is very controlled by conglomerates and, you know, industry, and radio's pretty much paid for. But with podcasts, uh, one of the things that allows you to do is uh, voice your opinion and play whatever music you want to play, and it really has no format unless you want to make it that. Um, but also, like anything else, I feel like that podcast market has become oversaturated with a lot of folks who probably abuse that license and utilize it to say some of the most uh, vulgar, salacious things that could come to mind and mistake that for entertainment, <laughs> um, which in my opinion isn't. So when you find something as unique as Red Light Special, you kind of got to salute it and support it. And first and foremost, uh, I want to ask you, Rob, because I know you are just a hardcore hip-hop fanatic, um, and I know it's radical differentiation is important to you. I think you surprised a lot of people when you guys created this podcast dedicated to R&B. How long did you think about this and what made you decide to do this? Um, me personally, I've been, I've been thinking about doing something in R&B for years. I, I always said, like people who kind of know me, I joke, a lot of people follow me on Twitter. Um, I always said when I retired from hip hop that I wanted to do like my own R&B radio show like like a quiet storm like late at night like at you know like on bls or something like you know at midnight and you take like relationship advice the the um inspiration for that if you remember um faith evans y'all know faith evans oh, yeah. she had a, a video called you used to love me and in the video big was the radio dj and he was like late night playing on being taken advice so that was just me trying to be like biggie smalls i know i couldn't rap like biggie smalls but i'm like maybe i could <laughs> emulate big in this way. So that was always a dream of mine. Radio's hard to break into, yeah. but the podcast market is wide open and, and it's a lot more free. Uh -huh. So we said, man, well, let's, um, let's just do this podcast thing. Let me, let me ask you, Chris, did you guys see a void though? Because there's not a whole lot of, R that I know of at least, I mean, I'm, you know, the R&B, this type of podcast that, right. one of the things you guys do is, which I find, um, very appealing is you give a lot of information about the artists, you do a little bit of history, and then you talk to the artists, and we hear things from the artists that we typically won't hear. Did you think it was a void too? Because it's R&B? Yeah. Um, it can go both ways. I mean, at first, you know, there isn't any R&B podcasts that are, at least not that are popular, but at the same time, if there's a lane open that nobody's taking, why not take it? So if nobody's speaking on R&B and nobody's giving them a real home in the podcast market. I mean, here come two people, you know, of course, Rob is already established in hip hop, but for him to do something different and dabble into R&B, just take it. It's an opportunity that's just sitting there and nobody's taking, why not approach it, you know? What, what oh, you wanna go ahead? I'm sorry, yeah, just to add to that, and really what it was is it's not in the podcast world, just in the void, like, be the change that you want. Like, as fans of R&B, like, I felt like we didn't have places that we can go that was cool to either listen or talk or just have some conversations about the artists that, that we love. I, I don't think the media pays as much attention to R&B as they do to hip hop and it's a shame. And a lot of the interviews you see out there, like if we're gonna keep it real, it's about who you sleeping with, who you got beef with, and maybe they'll talk about your music if your single is popping. Yeah. You know, but here we wanna know about track 12 on your album, like, like what inspired that. So, you know, and, and I would say this to anybody, 
be the change that you want. If you see a void, if there's something not fulfilled in you, create that fulfillment. And, and that's what we did. When, when he first approached you with the idea, because he told me y'all used to argue back and forth, you know, in, yeah. in discussions about artists and songs and who's the greatest and who's the wackest and who can't sing and so on <laughs> and so forth. When he first approached you with the idea, uh, how, how did it happen? What did he say to you? Well, he initially always had the idea of doing a late night radio show. Like that has always been, and I'm sure that hasn't changed for you, Rob. But he always had this imagination where he had his own radio station. It would be like, kind of like the midnight slot. And like he said, you know, relationship. You know, he used to call into like um, Kiss FM. And yeah. they used to say, hey, you know, this, this is this song dedicated to Natalia from this guy. And it used to be like a romantic kind of vibe that yeah. we don't have anymore. We don't have Kiss FM anymore. So... He initially told me, you know what, I have this idea, Let's, if we can't do the radio, because I used to tell him, if you ever do that, I'm going to be there every night, uh -huh. and I'm just going to be listening in. And I think just my dedication to his work, because in a way, you know, we've been friends for a while, but we always have that same ambition and drive. Mm -hmm. And when he came up with the idea of the podcast, I was a little shocked that he had asked me because we always, you know, we've been friends, but it's like we have never worked together. Yeah. So it's a little scary, you know, you know, you mix like a friendship with business and you never know where it's going to go. But I'm blessed to be a part of this and to be doing this with Rob Markman. So. OK, uh, that's fair enough. Now, Rob Nas once said that hip hop was dead uh, and hip hop has since thrived. And I think really when Nas said that, it was really kind of to stir up the pot similar to when we created the hottest MCs list, it wasn't really uh, to, who cares who's number one, two, three, or four, or five, but it was really about the conversation to get people to be reinvested in lyrics and artistry. And I think that's kind of what Nas was doing indirectly. Recently, you had a chance to interview someone, and I think in, this, in these modern times, can easily be considered the king of R&B. And he made a statement that I, I, I thought was interesting. He said that R&B is in a state of emergency. So what I like to do is play back a piece from your, your podcast of Art Kelly. Art Kelly uh, that you guys recently talked to. And let's listen to what he had to say about R&B. You know, we talk about on this podcast a lot the power of R&B music yeah. and, and the state that it's in and how much we appreciate it and how much it's not maybe appreciated everywhere else as it should be. Mm -hmm. um, what do you think is the current state of R&B and soul music today? Well, when you talk state, man, as far as R&B, I think state of emergency. And um, meaning, you know, I really don't appreciate the way, you know, people I hear are, are pretty much like pushing R&B to the side. First of all, you got a lot of great talent out here. R&B is what made us all. R&B brought the soul to who we all are. And now we're just going to ignore it. I have nothing against hip-hop. I'm a hip-hop guy. I'm an R&B guy. I'm a country pop, rock, soul, blues, whatever you call it guy. But, but we cannot take R&B and just push it to the side. When we were born to it, we made love to it. We got married to it. You understand and we grew up on it you know so why why would not only the industry or, or fans or anybody out there but why would the artists allow that 
we can't allow that. Right. And that's why I'm doing the buffet, and that's why I'm 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 going to stay in the game until Jesus come back because I got to see this through along with people like you that's trying to keep R&B alive because it is alive. <laughs> man, that's R. Kelly, man. He's, He's preaching. Good <laughs> up. It, it, it was really great to hear R. Kelly express, uh, you know, his passion about music, you know, um, and, and what he thought that this, the current state of uh, R&B is. I want to get your thoughts on it, you know. Uh, what do you think the current state is? I mean, I actually disagree with, with R. Kelly. I mean, we were blessed to have him on the show, and somebody um, put the bug in his ear that he should do this podcast, and um sway over there, so I appreciate you putting the bug in, in Kelly's head. Um, and he did it. But I don't know that it's in the state of, maybe in the way that it's treated in the media, but there's people, there's a fan base out there that loves it and it means something. I think there's great artists. I mean, you know, when you talk about a guy like, um, you know, Mac Wiles, like I was so excited. I was honored that he was our first guest on the podcast when he dropped New York, A Love Story. I was honored, like it spoke to me in a way, being a dude from New York, who loves R&B and hip hop too, and when they try to tell you you can't blend the two, like that's nonsense. Like all your favorite hip hop records are sampled from R&B records. You can't divorce the two, um, and you shouldn't have to choose. So Mac Wiles put out a terrific project. I think Rico Love um, put out an amazing project. I think the internet, you know, they're not traditionally R&B from our future. Um, just put out this album that's amazing and progressive and alternative. I mean, Frank Eric Oaks Ballinger. is about to come back out, like. We're in amazing times right now, I think, for music in general. And um, I hear what R is saying, but I think, I think we're in a good place. I think there's room to get better, but I think we're in a good place. There's room to get better. You bring up, um, you know, I was having this conversation with Rich Nice from the Trackmasters. Is Rich here by any chance? Oh, he's not here? Um, who was actually a guest on your podcast, too. And the kind of things we talk about is like the origins. We're historians, so we spend a lot of time talking about history that a lot of folks... Uh, aren't always interested in like the Fabulous Flames or the JBs um, who played with um, James Brown or the Funk Brothers who um, played with uh, Motown and uh, Gamble and Huff from that Philadelphia sound. You know, all those sounds that they created helped uh, build the premise of what we currently call hip hop, right? But one of the things that probably changed from those times to now is the lyrical content. <laughs> what people sing about and how they sing about it. Uh, you know, back in the day when Lionel Richie was writing songs, you know, love sound really poetic <laughs> and really pretty, you know, and it, you know, it's very romantic. You know, now when, you know, artists sing about love, it sounds um, very barbaric and it sounds like love hurts <laughs> a lot of times. Chris, let me ask you, uh, I know you, you, you're a historian in your own right, uh, which, you know, if you compare the artists from nowadays, some of the artists that Rob has named, whether it's The Weeknd, Frank Ocean, the internet, um, you know, Tyrese, you know. <laughs> um, how do you think, substance-wise, do songs compare, how songs are being written nowadays? I honestly don't think they compare at all. I believe that we live in a generation where it's not, I'm very big on chivalry and courting to women. I always talk about that, but it's something that I think is a lost art. I don't think men, women too, but I don't think women and men are raised in the same way that they were 
for example, when my father, you know, might have met my mother. And even the music back then was more about love and almost like being obsessed with a woman. You know, they used to say, I can't, we used to talk about the simping of boys to men. When, when they, would, they would simp. And, you know, nowadays they, they get looked back on and it's kind of like, oh, well, they were a simp. You know, they, they, were, they were soft. That's what we call it now. We call it soft. But I think we have too much stripper music in R&B right now. You know, everything, everybody, even Chris Brown does it. I mean, God bless Chris Brown. He's one of my favorites and a legend. But it's what media and radio has carved us into. So it's, it's, there's no substance. There's no quality. It's not timeless music. Even though there are a lot of artists that are putting that out. Eric Bellinger just put out a new album, Cuffing Season. Even though the title is still today, the lyrics are there. Uh -huh. And the fact that he fell in love, he got married, he now has a kid, he talks about all that. So he went from choose up season, where he is trying to choose up a girl, to now cuffing season. And if you want to listen to artists that are still putting out that quality music, Frank Ocean, Miguel. Miguel just put out Wild Heart, which I think is a phenomenal album. And he talks about everything from romance to politics. I mean, I just think that everybody kind of needs to tap back into that chivalry kind of way and loving a woman and not being afraid to love. I think too many people nowadays are afraid to love and it's a beautiful thing. Damn, that was beautifully said right there. Jesus. <laughs> I should have brought my girlfriend here today. <laughs> I would have said what she said, you yeah. know. Uh, uh, that's interesting. Let me, let me ask, Tyrese just got a number one album, yeah. right? Yeah. Black Rose. Yeah, yeah deservedly so, uh, yeah. Tyrese is a good friend of mine. I've I known Tyrese since he was in high school. Um, and the type of lyrics I think Tyrese sings is where, was what you're talking about, yes. right? But you guys have Rico Love on the show too. You know, and, I, and I, thought if, I thought that was one of the funniest conversations I ever heard from Rico Love. And uh, Turn the Lights, Turn the lights, the lights On, on. Yeah. it's the, the name of the album. And he reveals something very interesting because his lyrics are slightly different in a sense, and he's extremely transparent and honest in his lyrics. Um, and you guys were talking about, because Rico Love is in a relationship, how did his, his lady take the album and has yeah. he seen her since? Yeah. And, and here's what Rico Love had to say. A question though, now you, you and your lady are, are back together? Yeah. Did she hear the it album? What did she it say? Ain't, it ain't easy. Was that uncomfortable? It's a very uncomfortable situation. <laughs> do right do you just leave the CD with her? I have not seen it since play? the album came out. Was okay. there anything on there she didn't know about? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I haven't seen it since the album came out. Has she heard it? I'm just. <laughs> she, she might not want to know. Yeah, she heard <laughs> it. Even if she told him that she yeah. didn't hear it, you know all she of, heard all it. All her friends, you know. No, I haven't seen it. Not, not because I didn't see it, because I've been on You're the road since then. But it's just like, it's going to be real. It's gonna be real when when I get back. It's truth though, and then honestly, I feel so good now. Now, you know what I mean? Gotta, what they say, the truth shall set you free. Man, you just feel like like this a weight is what I was dealing with. It's my honesty. It's my you know a lot of things, especially with the proposal. You know, with my yeah. my views on marriage is really warped. You know, that's a whole nother podcast. But um, my <laughs> views on marriage are really warped. Yeah, that was that was an interesting. I tell you this because, you know, we interview folks all the time every day. One of the things I think your podcast has revealed to me, at least, Rob, is that R&B singers 
in my opinion now, through this podcast, are more interesting than rappers. Applaud if you agree. <laughs> uh, because R&B singers, in my, they don't get enough of the spotlight or enough of the exposure as rappers do. And rappers have become so contrived and calculated in their answers. And they you sit here and have these full-length interviews. And, you know, a lot of times we're like the feds. You know, if we, <laughs> if we ask you a question, I pretty much already know the answer. And so... I get lied to all the time by rappers, and you, you know, you, you get lied to, Rob. It's been times Rob and I have sit up, sat up on the phone for hours like, damn, can you believe this dude lied to me? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I think what separates your podcast from a, a lot of other podcasts, and I won't sit here in front and act like I listen to a lot of podcasts, <laughs> uh, but the honesty, when you hear Mac Wiles on the podcast talking, it's really interesting, you know, when you hear uh, Ryan Leslie on the podcast talking, it's really interesting. R. Kelly, you really never heard R. Kelly talk about music so passionately. And Rico Love pretty much incriminated himself on your podcast. Uh, is that the objective? Nah, the, the objective is to talk about the music in an honest way. Rico just so happened, if, you, if anybody heard Rico Love's album, y'all heard Rico Love's album out here, turn on the lights? Yeah, he, if you haven't, check it out. He, he really broke down, um, it tells a story about the relationship, about falling in love, falling out of love, and then finding your way back. And um, he, it's very honest music. And it, the goal wasn't to ha have him say anything salacious or anything crazy, uh -huh. but it was to explain his music. And um, that's what he did. And, and you know, we, we, we thank him for that, and he was open and honest about it. It just so happens that his lady at the time, he was doing his promo one, so he was in New York, L.A., promoting the album, and he hadn't been back home to Miami. So, you know, she surely heard it, and there were some things that they had to discuss, but that was his art as he, he presented it, and, you know, he didn't shy away from anything. Chris, your, your voice is the, I feel like it's the Venus and Mars thing dynamic, <laughs> right? And, and your voice is... That, that female insight yeah. that obviously most of the guys... Have y'all had a, a, a female artist yet on the podcast? We had our first female artist on the podcast just on the last episode with R. Kelly. So we did R. Kelly and we did Melanie Fiona. Oh. Yes. And the, vi the vibe in the room was real dip. Like, I didn't realize how, like, a male-female dynamic changes. Yeah. And then we had all males up in the room to that point. And, you know, we recorded in a small studio room. And um, when it was two females in there, I, I, you know, I just felt like I had to duck for cover. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> and just, you know, play my role. Yeah. Yeah. What is up with Melanie now? She, um, uh, is she, she's independent now? She's independent. She has a new album coming out called Awake. I believe it comes out September, Rob? Fallish. Yeah, I don't think she gave a date. She didn't yeah. give an exact date. But... She did sing live for us. She sang Bite the Bullet live, which if you've heard the podcast, it's towards the end of the episode. And she has an incredible voice. I forget how R&B singers can actually sing yeah. because we get so many artists that don't really do that acapella anymore, or don't really hit those high notes anymore. You know, we used to have like, tune. yeah, we used to have Patty who aren't afraid to hit those tunes. And she really got in the studio. And like, I, like Rob said, the energy was just incredible. Because she was just, the relationship advice that we did, she killed. 
I think it's the best relationship advice that we've had on the podcast yet. What did she say? Mm, what didn't she say? <laughs> she gave advice to somebody who basically feels like everyone around her is getting married, having kids, and she's just doing good in school and doing the right thing, and she hasn't found anyone. So she feels like she's stuck and everybody's advancing. So Melanie kind of gave her that, you know, you don't have to conform to what everybody else is doing, you know, do your thing, and eventually somebody will find you or you'll find someone and things will work out. But she has an amazing vision and she has a little bit of different vibes on her album. She has like this guy, because she's actually um, she's Guyanese. Guyanese. So we had a little fun talking about that on the episode and she has a single, I don't know if it's going to be a single, but she has a song on the upcoming album that's going to be a little bit, you know, that whole vibe. So it's going to be different, but. She, she talked about her beginnings too in that interview, being in a, a part of a group with Drake as well, right? Yeah. yeah. What did she say about that, Rob? Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ask no Drake questions today, man. Yeah. Oh, we're going to ask a Drake right question. I got a Drake question for you. Um, <laughs> I got a Drake nah, question. She did say, she said, um, yeah, that she, if y'all don't know, Melanie used to be in a group with Drake. And um, she just talked about how really, she, she's Guyanese, but she's from Toronto. Uh -huh. And just saluted Drake for um, putting Toronto on the map, you know, with the six and the running through the six with my woes. And really building a scene out there where people like her can thrive in the weekend and, and Drake and Party Next Door and stuff like that. Like Toronto really feels like a place now. I mean, it was always a place, but it feels like a real <laughs> musical destination. Like, you know what I mean? And um, she saluted him for that. So, you know, it, it, it was great. And, you know, they may work together in the future. He's wrote a song for her that was on her um, second album, I believe. So there might be a collaboration and who knows? Uh, what about Carly Rae Jepsen? That she didn't mention Carly Rae or she got a new one, right? Yeah, yeah <laughs> she didn't mention maybe. Bieber. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, speaking of Drake, so Drake has been in the news lately, right? And uh, it got nothing to do with me. Come on, man. Let's we could talk about all this, man. Uh, by no means do I think this dude is not a writer. You right. know what I mean? By no means do I not think he's as great as he's become over the years. Well, um, Eric Bellinger actually spoke on one of our episodes and kind of, I think it vouches for him in any, in any way, if anything. He said that Drake is one of the most talented and incredible writers in the game, period. Whether it comes to rap, you know, he does his little soft stuff, so R&B. So I don't think, and that, that's coming from Eric Bellinger, who actually, you know, he writes music too. So mm -hmm. coming from another writer, if he has that admiration and respect for him, I don't think... I mean, who hasn't had a song written for them? You know what I mean? Whether it comes to R&B or rap. We have well, ghostwriters in rap. I mean, I think everybody's that, had somebody write the for them at some point. You guys all know, heard about Drake today in the news. Um, there's a, a legend that he um, has helped writing his rhymes. There's, there's other writers. That's one of the main differences between R&B and hip-hop. For many years, hip-hop, that was a no-no. Like, you couldn't have anybody write your rhymes for you. Um, but through the years, you know, we got guys like Diddy who, you know, in my opinion, dropped the classic with No Way Out, right? And, and you know, he had writers with him and, and you had Dr. Dre and he has a classic and Kanye has admitted to writing with other people. You, we don't know to what degree, but in hip hop, we're a little uneasy about this. In R&B, this is... It's accepted, right? It's what it is. It's like, okay. you know, um, Melanie Fiona talked about, Rico Love actually wrote, if you know the Melanie Fiona song, 4 a.m., um, which was very much based on an experience that she was going to through, but it was a song that Rico Love wrote. So, you know, there's a little differences between the two genres of what we are and aren't comfortable with. 
Well, that was going to be my question. Why is it gotcha. okay for... Uh, you knew it. You saw it coming. We worked together <laughs> way too long. Uh, why it's even interviewing you is kind of crazy for me. This is uh, weird, bro. Just, it is kind of <laughs> weird, right? <laughs> but show of hands. You know, I didn't even say the question. You got to raise your hand. You know where it's okay. I'm going to flip it on you. Is, is it okay for R&B singers to have writers? Show of hands, if you, if you agree. Michael Jackson had a writer. Damn, he just dropped the mic. <laughs> is it okay for rappers to have writers? Show of hands. No? That's a strong no right there. <laughs> Rob, one of the things y'all do in your podcast, too, which I really like, is you have, like, the versus thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Right? And you'll pit one artist up against another. And then you have this really great debate about why one artist... It's greater than the other. And we do this naturally. And I wanted to ask you on the R&B side about two producers that I think made a, a great impact on R&B as well as hip hop music, but the music business as a whole, including pop music. First one is um, Jermaine Dupri. Okay. Go yeah, ahead, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Jermaine Dupri. Do you want to dance? <laughs> Jermaine Dupree, man. Just like his R&B accolades, I'm not going to be able to remember them all. Confessions, that's it. Mm. Confessions that's all you got to say. Escape. Escape, yeah. Mariah, Jagged uh, Edge. Mar Mariah Carey, Janet Jackson, Jagged Edge. Um, you know, uh, Jermaine Dupree, I think, is one of the most underrated uh, producers um, that's out there today. People don't realize how much um, he's contributed. He's still getting those checks, perhaps, right? You know, but... He found Scooter Braun, Scooter Braun got Justin Bieber. He found Scooter Braun, but he didn't get Justin Bieber, you know? Scooter Braun, because of Jermaine And that's beautiful, but I, I bet he would prefer to have that check. Right. Uh, uh, Scooter Braun used to be an intern at MTV as well, so I, and I ain't getting the check, so, you know. Uh, and then the other one, who, because of him, you know, you got the Devontae's, you got the, the Timberlands, the Missy Elliott's, um, the Keith Sweats, um, Guy, uh, Michael Jackson. Uh, I, I mean, know where you're going. Yeah, Damn. you know where I'm talking about. Created New Jack Swing. Bob, he helped launch Bobby Brown's solo career. Right. Uh, oh, man, I get chills just talking about him. And we don't talk about him enough anymore. Teddy Riley. Right. Okay. So I want to ask you guys from Red Light Special uh, to make a case and argument for both who you think made the most impact. You want to go first? I know. I got it. You got it? Uh, J Jermaine Dupri is amazing. Yeah. Confessions, I mean, Confessions is just one of the greatest R&B albums ever recorded in any era. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, give it up. That Confessions was 10 million so. That's a monster. That's Michael Jackson numbers. Um, but Teddy Riley has his own genre of music. Like New Jack Swing belonged to Teddy Riley. And, and though looking back at it now, it, it sounds different from, from about 1990, about 1990 to about 93. This was the go-to form for, for R&B music. It, it was, if you wanted to get on the charts, like Keith Sweat used it, this launched Bobby Brown. Like, Michael Jackson calls you and, you know, he produced on Michael Jackson's Dangerous. 
you know, he produced for Janet Jackson. Like, he was the in-demand producer of that era, and he had a sound that he created all his own called New Jack Swing. I, I got to give it to Teddy Riley. I think alone that New Jack Swing is just something that's never been duplicated as far as, you know, the Confessions album. Although it's great, there's a Confessions 2. There's a lot of other albums that kind of fall in that lane. But I think what Teddy did with the New Jack Swing, guys, like you mentioned, even Guy, like, that's just a sound that, even if you wanted to make that today, I don't. it would be so hard to get. Mm -hmm. There's one guy that um, actually has a really good blues sound. If you guys haven't heard of Leon Bridges, he has Coming Home that just dropped. And I think it's an amazing, amazing, amazing record. But you don't get that sound too often. And I think once you become that person that paves that way and that sound belongs to you, that just makes you stand out from everybody else. Okay, so Teddy Riley. Teddy Riley. Yeah. Teddy Riley, we... Yeah. We all agree. And I ain't even mentioned Black Street. Like Black Street came later. Gosh, like, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and then all the people who tried to emulate it. Emulate it. Yeah, yeah, man. Like, um, Got to give it to Teddy. You know, um, and I, I like to celebrate producers, especially uh, those who I feel like are underacknowledged. And another one is a guy you had on the show, is a good friend of mine and yours as well. And he very seldom. You do you get a chance to hear this guy talk? You know, he's been around, he been, he's been behind, you know, great artists from Mary J. Blige to Amy Winehouse. And um, to get him, Salon Remy, to reveal, like, some of his secrets yes. to motivating artists, I thought was a big accomplishment on you guys' part, you know, because I know Salam. You could sit up with Salam for two hours and maybe get five words out of him. Yeah. And he doesn't want any acknowledgement. You know, he's a very humble person, which I love about him. And you guys got, got to talking about how he motivated certain artists. And let's play a clip from that real quick. Salam, do you have a recollection of this night? No, no, I'm, no I'm really clear. I'm really clear. I gave him that. I gave him a colleague, a couple other things, too. Well, you know, it was once again the thing about writing perspective. Like, it's easy to say, I'm a, I love you or I hate you. But to actually have the, you know, ability to tell your story and the song on that album is um when did you stop loving me when did i stop loving you because he just basically tells a whole story melodically musically is going there but he kind of went there with something and kind of you know gave it a perspective i always talk about writers finding um their poetic license adele said i set fire to the rain or i'm chasing pavements that's not a simple way to say whatever's going on or um I talked to Neo about, you know, that answer machine. Got to change my answer machine because mm -hmm. I'm not with you. Like, I was like, that saved your life right there. The fact that you started the song in the answer machine to explain why you and the girl broke up because you're so sick of love songs. Right. It, was, it was the perspective that made the pen game extra strong. And that's for me, like every artist I work with that's done well, they're a writer. Miguel, Jazz, Nas, <laughs> Amy, mm -hmm. like... Yeah, uh, can you give us a little more? Uh, yeah, so, so some backstory on that. When we had Rico Lover, who's an accomplished and amazing songwriter in his own right, he, Rico Love had just written um, Throwback for Usher or for Confessions, just because Usher had an inkling. Like, Rico Love was a rapper. He wasn't even a writer or an R&B singer. And Usher was like, I want you to write this. And he wrote a song that Usher sung, which is Throwback. Um, so then everybody's like, oh, there's this new hot kid in town, this new writer named Rico Love, and all the producers were... He was meeting with all the producers, so he met with Salam Remy, and he was excited to meet with Salam. And during their first meeting, Rico tells us that he goes to the studio, meets Salam, he thinks they're gonna work. 
Salam asked him if he's ever heard Marvin Gaye's Hear My Dear album. Rico said no, he was unfamiliar. Salam gave him a copy of the album and said, all right, go back to your hotel and listen to it, and basically kicked him out the studio. And for a young writer, this could have been damaging. You know, it, it took the air out the balloon. And um, so, but Rico went back and listened to the album as, as Salam instructed and talked about how it made him a better writer and it made him a better artist. So, you know, and Salam is like that. If you speak to a lot of people, he, he's very deliberate. He's very much a teacher uh -huh. in that way and knows how to bring the best out of you. Even almost like a psychiatrist, almost to a certain point, I had to motivate you and he does it in kind of unorthodox ways and you might not understand it until it comes back around full circle. So we had played Salam the clip and told him the Rico love story and that was Salam recollecting what really happened that night. Some good stuff right there, man. I don't know. Everybody hear that episode? Everybody? No? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that you ain't got slides still up there. You can still hear. It's still up there. Yeah. Um, let's talk about some of the uh, female vocalists that are out there current today. And I'm curious, Crystal, who you think, if you had to put in a pecking order, um, is the best, I guess, right now, in your opinion? The oh, best love, out right now? I, I'll name some that you think are the in your opinion, this is just your opinion, uh, you feel like uh, probably one of the most talented uh, R&B vocalists. So uh, Janelle Monet, uh, Jasmine Sullivan, Kay Michelle, Janae Aiko, yeah, bro. Alicia Keys, Beyonce, Rihanna, Tish, Hep Tink. 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 Tink? I like Tink. I don't think she's the best out, wait, in wait, my wait, opinion, wait. right Alexia now. Alexia Cara, the girl from um, Canada. Yeah. I think yeah, somebody just bad. referenced her she's also. Bad. Kalani too. from yeah. my hometown of Kalani, I like. She yeah. has a song out with Childish Gambino that I really like. Um, honestly, I think Janae Aiko is, in my opinion, probably the most consistent and talented R&B singer, female-wise, out right now. Are there a lot of R&B artists, female-wise, that are coming up still and brand new? Yes. But I personally think, you know, she's consistent. Everything that she puts out, I love. She's the most... Yeah. Well, well, hold up. This is her opinion. You know <laughs> but what I mean? think substance and quality-wise, <laughs> yeah. there's nobody else really singing about their experiences, like, honestly. She uh -huh. comes out and everything she goes through, you hear it in her music. That's what I like. I like to hear, I like to know, as much as I don't want everybody to be in pain, I like to know your pain. I want, when I hear your music, everybody has pain of their own. So when you hear someone else voicing theirs, it hits home at a certain experience that you had, something that reminds you of somebody that hurt you. So I want to hear that in your music, and I think Janae Aiko does that very well. Now, I'm glad you answered that, because I knew Rob wouldn't agree with that. Mm -hmm, of um, course. And I forgot to mention Keisha Cole. Did I say Keisha Cole? No. OK, I got to mention Keisha Cole. Said She's Michelle. from Oakland. I, she, she grew up right down the street from my great auntie um, on the east side. Rob, you seem like you disagree with that. See, I like this. This is what they do on their show. <laughs> Beyonce. Beyonce. That's it. Okay. Beyonce, y'all. Yeah. Right 
Absolutely. But, but, but I, I still... I, I, I still feel like it's R&B, especially, too, she took a lot of bullets on, um, not the Beyonce album, the her four album. Yeah. Was an R&B album in the pop world. She took bullets for that. That album was amazing. And, and I, I don't think the pop world understood it. And, and Beyonce, obviously, the, her self-titled one that just came out had more, you know, pop to it. But at root and what she is, she's a singer. And, you know, an entertainer and a dancer, you know what I'm saying, and all of that. But when we talk about female R&B and what it represents, and R&B could be pop, too, the same way hip-hop could be pop. Mm -hmm. You know, Drake is, is pop. Like, it's popular. I think Beyonce the queen until somebody snatched the crown, you know, bow okay. down. Beyonce's the queen, but not just of R&B. <laughs> she ventures into everything. And like you said, she has a very pop sound right now. So I like somebody to, if I want to hear pop, I'm going to go to somebody who does pop. If I want to hear rap, I'm going to go to somebody who's very big on rap. If I want to hear R&B, I know I can go to Janae playlist and hear R&B and not have to skip a few songs of pop or dance. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, I love Beyonce, and she does wear the crown. I absolutely agree with that. But if I'm speaking just specifically R&B, I would say Janae. Janae Aiko. Yeah. Okay, so this is what I want to do. Now, um, Beyonce will sorry, never Rob. come on our podcast, <laughs> so you just ruined it. Beyonce will come on your she podcast. Um, so I'm going to give you guys, first of all, how often are you doing your episodes now? Once a week. Once a week. Yeah, once and, every week. And, and generally, how long do they, do, do they tend to last? They go about... They're supposed to go an hour. A lot of them end up going longer, but we try to keep them to an hour, right? Uh -huh. Melinda, one hour? Yeah, one hour, one hour is uh -huh. the, the sweet spot. But, you know, sometimes we, we get into um, just these, Ryan Leslie was, was just a wealth but it was like, of information. Right? I just felt like I was sitting in a class. What is your name? Wedding. My name is Jesse. <laughs> okay. Omega, oh, what's up, Jesse? Oh, oh, peace. That's how I know you by Omega. We're gonna come, we're gonna come to I appreciate Jess, just you. Just one second before you. Um, and what sort of things are you cognizant of to make sure? I think it's really important with these podcasts that you have your own, you establish your own identity. Right. What kind of things are you cognizant of when you're doing your show? Well, you know, first two, like, I know it might sound like we just get in there and talk, but um, Kristen and I do prepare beforehand. Yeah. We come up with a show format mm -hmm. um, where, you know, there's an intro at the top and, you know, we're, we're developing, we're still eight episodes in, so we're developing more segments, but we get into a Q&A part. We have our relationship advice part. Um, you know, there, there's a segment that we're, we're messing with. We can't play full songs because of licensing issues, but you know, once a week we like to remind guys of, of an old song that we might have loved. Like, you know, um, one, one episode we played PM Dawn yeah. and everybody was like, man, I forgot all about PM Dawn. And some people didn't know about PM Dawn. Aaron Hall. And we, and we put it on. We, we spoke about Aaron Hall. So we're going to dedicate one segment. We're going to split it up to segments and you guys are going to see that develop with each episode. Can you play the Goodfellas on your podcast? I can't, I can't yeah, now that you... Y'all know who that is? They Damn. from Oakland? Nah, nah. You know who that is? <laughs> you know what the song, popular song was? Honey, sugar, oh, oh, iced okay. tea. We know the song. Oh, okay. I ain't know the good fella. Like, hey, Kelly. Come on, man. <laughs> Don't have me start. Man, you might have to have me as a guest. I'll, your, I'll, we, I'll be digging got, up some stuff for you. We got a slot open Monday. Come through. Let's do Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I'm out of town Monday. See? Nah, just, <laughs> see how quick that changed? <laughs> we'll change the day for you, Sway. If, if I, can I play? Can I bring some songs? Oh, sure. Of course. Oh. 
We gonna no, plan as it long out. as they're not dads, because we had that problem. What with happened? <laughs> oh, when Rich Nice tried to bring dats. We yeah, had to explain to the dads. audience what dats were, what dat tapes were. Digital well, audio tapes, in case anybody's wondering. But, but, but Rich Nice, if you guys don't know Rich Nice, Rich Nice was um, a part of the Trackmasters team, and those guys were very instrumental in blending hip-hop and R&B, because for a lot in the 80s and the early 90s, producers couldn't get it to mix. Yeah. You know, it, it just sounded awkward, and, and Trackmasters along with Diddy, uh -huh. when he says we invented the remix. I mean, he, did, he wasn't the only one, but, you know, and DJ Ron G kind of really helped blend hip-hop and R&B. And um, Rich Nice had these songs, these, like, Never But Heard, Mary J. Blige, like, all types of stuff we never heard before, and we were excited. We thought we were going to give y'all something new and exclusive, and he just opened his bag and it was a bunch of back tapes. tapes. That's <laughs> Rich Nice. Our engineer, Samir, just looked like, what are we supposed to do with this? Yeah. Shout out to Samir. But, um... Hopefully we'll get those digitized and, and we'll play. We might have Rich Nice back and play some. Yeah. Hitman, okay. Yeah. Yep. There's some yep. real R&B fans up in yeah, here, right? Nah, they, um, they, they for real. Okay, and where did you get the name from? Um, TLC. Yeah. Okay. Kristen, so, Kristen came up with the name uh -huh. um, Red Light Special because um, originally it was going to be called Rob and B. <laughs> Well, her name didn't start with B, so yeah. it was just gonna be awkward. Um, so. <laughs> Rob and B. We, <laughs> I kind of agreed with it at one point, and I'm, I'm no offense, but I'm glad I, I did. Yeah, yeah, that was. Yeah, a lot of people co-signed that name. If, we, if you guys know, we're part of the Loudspeakers Network. Um, Combat Jack, Charlemagne has his brilliant idiot show. Um, Angela Yee. Stone, Angela Yee. Um, Combat Jack, Reggie was all for it. He was like, "Yeah, Rob and B." And he had me gas. I was like, yo, if, it, if Combat Jack, you, he, he has one of the longest successful running podcasts that there is. I'm like, if Combat Jack said Robin B, it's going to be Robin B. And then when we really sat down and thought about it, we was like, that sounds like a horrible idea. <laughs> yeah, man. And Kristen came up with Red Light Special because of the Give TLC it up for song. Kristen, yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, so let's take some questions. You want to go first? Can you stand up and say your name, too, when you do the and real quick question so we can get as many in as possible. I want to congratulate you guys. It's been an honor Thank to you. know you guys for so many years and Please. see where you guys are going. What my question is, how did you differentiate what pop is in comparison to what R&B is? Um, shout out, that's Angel too, man. Angel Martinez, give it Angel. up, y'all. Um, he helped us book our guest, Rotimi, um, um, which was dope, man. Son is so ill. Um, me personally, there is no differentiate. Like, is mu the differentiation is music that we like and music that we don't like. And the music that we don't like, I don't think we deal with too much. So whether it's pop, whether it's like super popular or, you know, I, I'm, we're gunning down Chris Brown. Like I'm trying to get Chris on the podcast and Chris is probably as pop as pop can get. You know, but we also had guys like Salam Remy who, who is more roots and down with his R&B. Top record. It's like, do you focus just on the R&B? and not on the pop? Um, what we, we probably focus more on the R&B records. Like, I want to know more so about, you know, beautiful people. We're cool, we can skip that, man. Tell me about <laughs> where you was when you recorded, you know, Take You Down. You know what I'm saying? And, and more about the, the records that really evoke a feeling, because I, I think true R&B really evokes a feeling inside of you. So those will be the records that we focus on. Um, if he has a cool story about beautiful people, cool, but we'll, we probably won't ask him about that. <laughs> now, that you, now that we discussed writers versus non-writers, Chris has known to have writers on his team. How would you how would you present a question to him in regarding those records that he didn't write? 
if he had that type of feeling towards it? Well, you know, we, we kind of had that experience. One, we had his writer-up. Eric Bellinger writes for Chris Brown a lot. And a lot of R&B artists, though, and a lot of artists in general, though they have writers, I, I think are involved in the process. Again, Melanie Fiona talked about 4 a.m. She didn't write that record. With, um, Rico Love wrote it. But it was a real personal story to her. I feel like they had a conversation before they wrote it or something like that because she told the story on the podcast about how her boyfriend at the time broke up and he became Mr. 4 a.m. And every way, girls wouldn't date him after that song came out because he was really the character in that record. <laughs> All right, who else has a question? Let's get this young lady right here. Hi. Right here. Oh, yeah. oh, um, hey. <laughs> so you mentioned Salam Remy, and I recently saw Amy the documentary, and it's amazing. It kind of gives a whole new perspective to really how Amy's songs came. She literally wrote what she went through. And my question is more about British soul and R&B. And there's a lot of really great music coming out of the UK right now, and just how a lot of those roots come back to the US, and kind of your entire opinion on what British soul and R&B and how that resonates maybe a little bit more deeply with some people and just your entire perspective. I think you're kind of going for like the Adele also feel. Yeah, I think hey, honestly, I, I think a lot of female R&B artists come from the British UK kind of music lane. And I think we're attracted to anything that's different in anything in life. And I think just the vibe that we get from their music when you listen to Amy Winehouse, even if like Ellie Goulding, I know she's a little more pop, but I just think the sound being different and the way they get in tune with their emotions is what really separates their music from what we're usually used to. I love Janae Aiko, but we can get a lot more. We have Tank coming out who has really dope records. But I think the British, it's, it's a whole different, you know, I could dip and dabble in that all day and just listen to new artists from there. But they really, the, the way I think they just sound so different. So I think that's what usually, you know, people are appealed to. And it's an appreciation. You feel, too, a lot of times you hear that overseas, the appreciation for American music is, is way deeper. Um, so I look forward to, to, to having artists from overseas come over and, and, and having that, that discussion. But yeah, it does feel like a deeper connection to the music and a more personal connection to the music and less commercialized. Hi, my name is Alexis. Um, I tweet you guys all the Alexis. time. Yeah. Um, so my question is, you guys mentioned earlier that you are you know, big music historians, and um, I was wondering if you guys would consider having kind of themed episodes, like a New Jack Swing kind of dedicated episode, or a Neo Soul with some Maxwell, mm -hmm. or you know, a Mel LaRue or something like right. that. Well, I, I didn't say I was a hip-hop historian. This guy said it. <laughs> now I have to live up to it, right? And, and call this You are, Rob. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yes. I, I, I don't like to give away what we're working on, but no, we definitely are. Like, I have dreams, and I don't know how to put it together yet. Um, we reached out to Andre Harrell, and I think Uptown Records is one of the most important and underrated record labels in music history. If you don't have Uptown Records, you don't have Guy, you don't have I'll Be Sure, you don't have Mary J. Blige, Joe to see, you don't have Diddy, you don't have Bad Boy, you don't have... And all the music, and nobody ever talks about Uptown Records, so I would love to have Andre Harrell to get a kind of an oral history. Um, another episode that we talked about, um, Static Major, I think, is, a, is an amazing writer who, who never gets credit. He, he wrote a lot for Genuine and a lot of Aaliyah stuff, and he was in Player. Cheers to You was probably one of my favorite R&B songs ever. And he was just taken from us suddenly. Like, he did um, Lil Wayne's Lollipop. He did that feature, and then right after, he was gone. So I, I, I'd like to surround ourselves with the people and I don't know how we're going to put this together. We might have to record certain parts and bring it together and pro really produce an episode. But people who knew Static Major and tell the story of who Static Major was and why he was so important and 
definitely calling Lil Wayne and trying to get Wayne involved <laughs> in that. And, but Timbaland and, and all these sorts of people because he was so important that I think people don't celebrate him enough. What's going on? I want to just say peace to you, all three of y'all. Y'all doing your thing. My question, uh, I really resonated with what R. Kelly said in the podcast as far as with R&B um, for, you know, my parents' generation. They made love. I was born on some of those songs, you know what I mean? They made love to those songs. So my question is, like, <laughs> are That's people in my though. generation making love to this current R&B? And if so, what songs, what artists are they actually, like, making love to? I think that's what we're missing, if anything. Honestly, I don't, I don't, okay, I'm not going to ask people their personal, but I don't think people are even really too concerned with what's playing. You know what I mean? Like, I, like I said, it's, it goes back to the way people handled relationships back in the day. I mean, it was more about picking your woman up on time, you know, meet you at eight, you know, you come out and... It's just a whole different way that people go about things nowadays. I mean, I, I, I've showed up to places where, like, it's all about texting now. You don't even give a phone call. So I think the music is not really, there is no substance out per personally for you to even say, well, what am I going to play for her tonight? You know, what am I going to put this on? Do, do people even buy records anymore? I'm talking about vinyls. Do people even have record players anymore? Do people set the mood anymore? I don't know. I can't speak for everyone, but I think that's what... You know, like R. Kelly said, I'm looking for R&B. It's in a state of emergency for it to be resurrected. I think this is the time where, if, if any time, we need to really make a stamp and put our foot down and really bring R&B back the way it used to be. You know, it's going to be different. Times change, inevitably, but... Hey, man. I'm going to keep it real. Hold, the, the, that first 112 album, I'm taking it back a little bit. Got a lot of burn, you know what I'm saying? Now that we done, what are you thinking? I'm talking about album cuts. I ain't even going to Cubit. Like, and um... Melinda embarrassed right now. <laughs> way embarrassed. <laughs> but, um, Stand up, Melinda. Stand up. Take her out. Nah, <laughs> She's going to explode, man. Um, and, um... But even now, like, it's still out there, man. Like, don't show change it. Like, the thing is out there. Like, we argue a lot about The weekend, and The weekend, the, 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 that trilogy, was super raunchy and it wasn't about love as much as it was, it was about promiscuous and experimental and sex and drugs. But even The weekend as an artist has transformed. Like listen, he has the top three R&B records on the chart and like Earned It is, is a song you can make love to, why not? So, you know, it's, it's out there, you just, you just gotta find it. He does, yeah. August is dope. Yeah. That, that ain't Miguel, my speed. That's a, Kaleidoscope. Miguel. Kaleidoscope Dream, yes. You can't what? Heart, not so much. Oh. Tank? Yeah, man. You got, like, uh, Anti Reese Trey has a song with Tank on his new album. Why do you talk? Y'all talk about. Yeah, Trey, um, Ready, I think Ready was an amazing. And, and, and even yeah. this new Trey album is a lot of like slow jams on there, but yeah. Ready was definitely like, when it starts off, Neighbors Know My Name, like if that ain't a love maker <laughs> song, you're making love the wrong way. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Or, or you could just yeah. always throw in a classic shot day, man. Mm. You know what I mean? Just, yeah, you can't go wrong with that. Hey, my name's Tavar. Um, Peace. My question is, why do you feel like, uh, like female R&B is so competitive? Like, even uh, Sway asked you who the top five people would do. When it comes to, like, male R&B, it's always written off as, that's so soft. Like you can't name the top five male R&B guys without somebody saying, "Who cares?" Like they're soft. Like why do you feel like it's like that? It's so competitive. You have like the 
the Beehive and the Renation and everybody's coming at each other's throats. Like they want to be that top person, like almost like in hip hop. But like when it comes to male R&B, it's not like that. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think it's about the fan bases. I, I think, you know, we're told anecdotally that mostly females buy records. Um, I don't know how true that is, but that's what we're led to believe. And I think people identify with a Beyonce and, and, and Beyonce, even more so than just getting out there and singing a song, I think gives young girls strength, you know what I'm saying, or something to aspire to be, and Rihanna as well, and, and so they really attach themselves in a really passionate way. I don't know if you necessarily get that from a Trey songs, but you do remember when Trey was a Trey and August Alcina was beefing? That, that was interesting for a little bit. I thought they was going to really get into it. I'm glad they worked it out, yeah. but I, I think it's a different dynamic. I think the fan bases, um, female artists, especially now, are so much larger than life that they, they build these really rabid fan bases. And not to say that Trey songs don't have fans, but they're not just ready to fight Chris Brown's fans, you know. And I don't think it's so much either just, just the fan base, but I think also it's always been an issue with women being able to voice themselves and speak freely on their you know, experiences without being judged. Judgment has always been the major thing with women. So women always have to cover things up or if they say something and it's like too vulgar, it's like, oh my God, did she just say that? Men can come out and say whatever they want and nobody looks at it twice. So I think when you're a woman making music and even Melanie Fiona, um, she spoke about 4AM and how she was like, oh, am I gonna say that? And Rico Love was like, hell yeah, you're gonna say that. So it's a little bit more intimidating, I think, of anything, for a woman to come out and really speak freely on, on their music as for a man, where it's kind of just like, you know, it gets put out and nobody's really judging it twice. Also, also right, we want more female. The female right. guests are harder to get. It just so happens, like, or, or, Mac Wiles is a friend of me, so it started with the first episode because we don't have nothing to go on. Yo, homie, I really need you here. And it's like, yeah, cool. Yeah. All right, second episode, what are we going to do? You start asking a lot of people, hit your friends. Rico Love, yo, homie, I really need you here. Um, we tried to get a couple. If you hear the podcast, we... I was we, really hoping you guys got Kalani. Kalani was a concert. Yeah. Was like she was hard. We tried to get Sid the Kid. We're working on it, um, yeah. We're working on Sid the Kid. Wow, um, that'd be dope. We're, we're working on um, Brandy. We're definitely working on more female guests. Females are... are, are Sometimes a lot harder. The book they want to know if you're gonna take pictures. That do I gotta get my hair done? They're females. Do I gotta get my, you know. So, but we growing. Trust me, stick with us. We definitely gonna have that female conversation. Faith won't return my calls, but I'm hunting down Faith. We we gonna get them. Yeah. That's Joe's fault. Blame uh, Joe's <laughs> podcast Blame for that. Joe. Okay. So, uh, in conclusion, give them a round of applause for what they're doing for R&B. Um, and then how can they, if they want to get at you guys directly on social media, like Jesse does, how, how can they do that? Uh, first, um, you know, go to iTunes, please subscribe, um, rate, it, rate review it, review it. Like that stuff is so important. I know it seems so unimportant, but it's really important, man. It, it means a lot to us. Um, Red Light Special Podcast. Um, on Twitter, you can follow the podcast at, at RLS Podcast. Okay. Um, and you can follow me at Rob Markman, R-O-B-M-A-R-K-M-A-N. And at Chris Lover, K-R-I-S-L-O-V-A-A. -A. And I also want to mention the email for the relationship advice. It's redlightspecialpc at gmail.com. We've gotten some really good ones. We keep it anonymous, so if you ever send anything, it could be guys. Guys, so far we've had maybe one or two guys email us. But we keep it anonymous, and we always get the artists to interact and give you some advice. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and plug myself too, Rob. Uh, I'm at Real Sway. Follow back, Follow back right? And then... Rob does a couple of things on our show, too. 
the uh, the uh, the Rob Report, where he rates albums every week. You can hear that on Sway in the Morning. We post it on our site, Sway's Universe. But also, if you're an R. Kelly fan, we had R. Kelly up last week, and he basically went in concert on the radio show. Just check that out. It was ridiculous, that was man. I got chills from it. So if you go on Sway's Universe, you can check that out. What up, family? Uh, but you got Rob. Congratulations, my Thank brother, you, right here, Chris. Congratulations. You know, you guys support them, follow them, listen, and definitely rate it. And on that note, and thank, thank y'all too. Just it wouldn't be possible without y'all. Like, I'm surprised. I'm surprised how many people listen, and not because I don't believe in it. It's just really humble. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's really humbling the love and the support that y'all show. So I appreciate y'all. Give yourselves a round of applause, please. And, and look for the, the red light special. Um, Concert coming soon. Yeah. We've been talking about it. I have a All couple right, yeah. ideas, yeah. All right, cool. Good. Yeah, we could. All right, thank you guys. Peace. All right.